0: We are going to be <clears throat> looking at uh, Psalm 101 tonight. So as you are turning there, I want to ask you a question. Just to get our, our minds stirred and, and uh, fired up, <laughs> ready to go. Here's the question. Here's the question as soon as I get to my notes. Um, In your opinion, what is the most important character quality that you think a leader should possess? What is the most important character quality that you think a leader should possess? Um, I, at this stage in my career, work for a very large corporation, um, with fifty thousand employees, and so in that large of uh, large of a staff, you can imagine there's quite a few leaders in in that company. And so, I've had uh, the privilege of sitting through like three day training. Hello, three day training courses on uh, leadership and designed to answer the question that I just asked. What's the most important character qualities of a leader? Uh, books have been written, uh, both from a Christian perspective and otherwise, that are designed to ask and answer that question. Um, Jed, Jed and I had a conversation with a gentleman Uh, this week, and in our conversation with this gentleman, uh, he spoke of how his company uh, also uh, had um, asked and answered that question, and the answer that they came up with is that the people want to know that a leader cares. That was his answer, the one that he uh, went by, stuck by. So, May I, I think we're a small enough group tonight that I can, I can ask you for your answers. So what, anybody, and there's, you know, no penalty because there's no wrong answer, right? So what, what would be an important quality of a leader? Integrity. Integrity. Excellent. Responsibility. Responsibility. Being responsible ability to communicate, I heard. Awesome. Excellent. I'm sorry. Discernment. Awesome. Thank you. Excellent answers. Excellent answers. Um, We're not going to take three days to answer the question right now, unless you care to stay that long. If you do, I'll try to hang in there with you. I'm not, I'm not sure. No, we're going to try to do it in about 20 to 30 minutes here. That's, that's our objective tonight. Uh, but I'm going to change the question just a little bit for our discussion. So here it is. What are the most important character qualities that a leader who is a Christian should possess? What are the most important character qualities that a leader who is a Christian should possess? Possess, um, Corey. I didn't. I didn't know when I selected this this psalm that it would be quite appropriate to our our circumstances that uh, we find our our church in right now. I think it must be there was a gosh. There was a word you used this morning. I think it ended in dense. Oh, coincidence. That's what it was. No. Let me think. Providence. That was it. Providence. I think it's probably God's providence that um, led us to the point where um, this psalm would have been the one that um, is is spoken of tonight. Um, it's appropriate for our our church at this at this point in time. Um, I'm going to give you what uh, I would say are five reasons why we all all of us in the room should consider. Uh, this question tonight. Here it is. Number one, you might be a leader who is a Christian. You might be a leader who is a Christian. Maybe that's in a Christian organization. Maybe that's in your occupation, your regular job. Maybe it's in your school. Maybe it's in your parenting or grandparenting. Um, Maybe it's just in your peer group. Do people look up to you? Are they studying what you do, what you say? Here's number two. Uh, You might be called by God in the future to be a leader. Who is a Christian? Uh, Number three. You might be a leader, and you don't even know it, but people are watching you, They consider you a leader. Um, They're listening to your words, similar to our children, right? They're watching and they're looking to you. Um, I had a humbling experience one time when, oh, a staff member was gonna leave our firm, or not leave the firm, he was gonna move from one office to the next, and he came to say goodbye, came to my office, and said, he said, do you have any words of advice for me? I said, yeah, I, I guess I could. He said, good, because when I go to this new office, I want to emulate you. I went, oh, man, don't do that. I, no, uh, I gave him an answer as best as I could, and, uh, but people are watching. People are watching. Um, number four, and this is what I alluded to with uh, Providence, we just voted as a congregationally ruled church to adopt a revised constitution and bylaws that expands the offices of leadership in our church. And so in our roles as individual members of Southside, uh, we will want to carefully consider the men and the women who we choose to have leadership roles in our church. We'll want to see if they demonstrate the characteristics of a leader as taught in Scripture, and then to make that a regular part of our prayer requests as we pray for our leaders, that they would demonstrate these characteristics. And number five, um, this is kind of like low-hanging fruit, I suppose. There's no reason that we should limit this God-breathed instruction in righteousness to just leaders. All scripture is given by God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness only if you're a leader. No. For instruction in righteousness, right? Okay, so here we go. Uh, Psalm 101 is referred to by some Bible commentators as Christian Leadership 101. It's a song written by King David and considered to be a royal psalm. Uh, It's thought by some that, based on the language in the psalm, that this psalm was written by David at a point in his life where he he knew God had selected him to be king, but he was not yet the king. Um, So in that regard... The psalm really represents David's commitment to God to lead the people faithfully according to the way of the Lord. I'll give you a quick outline of uh, where, where we'll proceed through the psalm. And it breaks down. This is great for an accountant because it breaks down really neatly, right? So you've got one verse then 3 verses then 3 verses then 1 verse. I love it. And I'm kind of feeling like um, a Southern Baptist preacher right now because all of those sections are going to divide down and have a statement about them that has a P and a C. It, you know, so it's alliterated really nicely. You'll love this, right? Verse 1 tells us what the Christian leader's perfect criteria should be. Verse 1, the Christian leader's perfect criteria. Uh, Verses 2, 3, and 4 tell us what the Christian leader's private character should be. Verses 5, 6, and 7 tell us what the Christian leader's public conduct should be. And then lastly, verse 8 tells us what the Christian leader's permanent commitment should be. All right? Perfect criteria, private character, public conduct, permanent commitment. And then let me give you, before we start reading uh, the psalm, two uh, word definitions, very short. Uh, One we've um, spoken of quite a bit lately. Um, It is loving kindness, the word hesed in the Hebrew. Um, It has the meaning of faithfulness, kindness, mercy, steadfast, loyal, And on and on, it's a deep, deep, rich word. Hesed, loving kindness. And then, uh, and thank you, Jonathan, integrity is a key word that we're going to look at. It's the Hebrew word tome, and it has the meaning of completeness, wholesomeness, blamelessness, or innocence. All right, so as we're reading through... um, a Psalm, keep those definitions in mind of loving kindness and of integrity. All right, read verse one here together. Uh, I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. So the first thing that King David commits himself to is the ultimate example of the Lord in demonstrating. Steadfast love, loving kindness, and justice. Um, There is a backup scripture that I think, uh, corresponding scripture I should say, that that we should read together. It is Micah 6.8. Micah 6.8. I'll let you flip there. Here's what it says in Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Uh, This is... Uh, A rare case when the main point of the psalm is actually given right there in the first verse. So our ultimate example, the ultimate example of a Christian leader is, of course, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ himself. All right. And then Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Ephesians 5. 1 and 2, says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And if you read, it's interesting, if you read the rest of Ephesians 5, you'll actually see some of the same things in Ephesians 5 that are here in Psalm 101. Very interesting. So, um, our perfect example, the one that we are supposed to imitate, the King of Kings, that is the Christian leader's perfect criteria. And then the end of that first verse, uh, David's heart, even before he starts, The psalm, his heart is so full, he has to praise the Lord. He says, to you, O Lord, I will make music. He's inspired. His heart is full. He praises God. In the next three verses, uh, we will move to um, the Christian leader's private character. So you'll, you'll see, uh, look for as I read it, uh, these words in the next three verses. I, me, my. I, me, and my. So he's talking about his own personal character, his private character. Verses 2 through 4. I'll read them, then we'll go back and talk about them. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall, fall away. It shall not cling to me. And then verse 4, A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing. Of evil. So, what we're going to see <clears throat> as we go through verse by verse on that, just those three verses, we're going to see three things that a Christian leader does do and three things that a Christian leader does not do. All right, number one is right there at the top of verse two. He will conduct himself or herself in a way. That is blameless, in the way that is blameless. A support scripture, First Timothy three, one and two. And this goes to, um, you know, Johnny's preached through First and Second Timothy, Titus, um, and so we'll go back to that right now. First Timothy three, one and two. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, blameless. He must be a man of integrity or a woman of integrity. Um, Secondly, so a, a, a Christian leader conducts himself or herself in a way that is blameless. Number two, uh, a Christian leader acknowledges his or her utter dependence on God. Listen to the second part of that verse. Oh, when will you come to me? David realizes that he needs the Lord's guidance. He needs to be dependent upon not himself, but rather Upon God, when will you come to me? And then thirdly, a Christian leader conducts himself or herself with integrity of heart at home. Uh, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. Um, Personal searching question. Do you act differently at home than you do in public? And why? If there were were a video camera in your home, would it capture a different person than what we see outside of the home? Uh, A Christian leader conducts himself or herself with integrity of heart At home, Uh, he or she will be faithful to their spouse. They will love and care for their children and raise their children in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Okay, and then three things that a Christian leader does not do. And we're at verse 3 now. A Christian leader does not set before his or her eyes anything that is worthless. Anything that is worthless. I'm sure if I asked, and I won't because we don't want to run out of time, you could think of very practical applications of that verse. A Christian leader does not set before his or her eyes anything that is worthless. Uh, one that comes to my mind is the, the TV shows or the movies that we, that we are inclined to watch. Do they have value? Or should we not set them before our eyes? Let's f- turn to Matthew 6. Verse 22, and we'll see how important the eye is. Matthew 6, 22. Says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. The eye is important. A Christian leader does not set before his or her eyes anything that is worthless. Number two, a Christian leader does not allow evil works to have a hold on his or her life. Um, a Christian leader does not allow evil works to have a hold on on his or her life. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And then number three, a Christian leader does not welcome those with a perverse heart to be part of his or her inner circle. A Christian leader does not welcome those with a perverse heart to be part of his or her inner circle. A perverse heart shall not shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Um, here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon once said, There is a need for extreme care in our choice of our intimates, those that would be close to us. There is a need for extreme care in the choice of our intimates. Okay. All of that is the Christian leader's private character. We'll move to our next section, which is the Christian leader's public conduct verses 5 through 7, the Christian leader's public conduct. Um, They're really, you'll notice that they are an expansion of verse 4 that we just read, Uh, an expansion from their private life into their public life. So we will look together at three types of character traits that the Christian leader should avoid in his life or her life wouldn't you know. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Uh, That was business. Um, (laughs) That threw me off, didn't it? Yes. Uh, Three types of character traits that a Christian leader should avoid in his or her own life and and in the lives of those that he or she serves with and we're going to see one that he or she should welcome. Uh, First, I'll read the three verses, and then we'll go back again, verse by verse. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. For one, uh, no one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. He's talking to those who serve with him, right? Um, Number one. The Christian leader will give no place to slanderers or gossips. Leviticus 19.16 is a support text for us. Leviticus 19.16 simply says, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. You'll see that I'm not, not giving a lot of commentary sometimes. I'm just letting, <laughs> letting the word speak for itself. Just letting the word speak for itself. The Christian leader will give no place to slanderers or gossips. Number two, the Christian leader will seek out the humble, not the prideful. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. The Christian leader will seek out the humble, not the prideful. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The Christian leader will seek out the humble, not the prideful. Third, the Christian leader will surround himself or herself with those who are faithful and walk with integrity. The Christian leader will surround himself or herself with those who are faithful and walk with integrity. Um, Listen to what John Calvin wrote regarding this psalm. A wise leader will exercise discretion and care that instead of taking persons into his service indiscriminately, he may wisely determine each man's character so as to have those who live a life of strict integrity as his most intimate friends. He should wisely determine each man's character so as to have those who live a life of strict integrity are his most intimate friends. And then fourthly, the Christian leader will have nothing to do with those who are dishonest or are liars. Christian leader will have nothing to do with those who are dishonest or liars. I'm repeating myself because I see a lot of note takers and I love it, (laughs) a lot of note takers, so. The Christian leader will have nothing to do with those who are dishonest or liars. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. All of that, the Christian leader's public conduct. All right, and then verse 8 Christian leaders permanent commitment morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord the Christian leader will not grow weary in the battle against evil This is rather strong language, it's it's written in a a poetic style, but it's very strong language, morning by morning, every day, morning by morning. Um, In the ancient Near East, judgment was normally executed in the morning. And David's commitment here is that morning by morning, every morning, He would not grow weary in his battle against evil. All the wicked in the land. Cutting off all evildoers from the city of the Lord. I will destroy all the wicked in the land. Cutting off all evildoers from the city of the Lord. Um, So we have. The. Christian leaders. Permanent commitment. All right. Summarize the Christian leader's perfect criteria the King of Kings, loving kindness, and justice, Christian leader's private character, Christian leader's public conduct, and then the Christian leader's permanent commitment.